Welcome back to the Dad University Podcast. This is episode 305, titled 10 Things Dad Should Never Say to Their Child. You know, words can be damaging and can potentially have a long-term effect on the child. So we need to be careful about what we say to our children and be mindful about how our words affect them. You know, of course, as they get older, we teach them resilience and that words aren't as important. But because we are their parents, what we say does have a lot of value. I do hope you enjoy this episode. First, I'll talk about the Dad University membership, and then we'll get into the 10 things you should never say. Hey, this is Jason Kreidman, founder of Dad University. For those of you interested in achieving your full potential as a father, or you simply want to support our mission, become a member of Dad University. The cost is pay what feels good, so you get to choose what you want to pay. Visit daduniversity.com to learn more. Now, let's get back to the episode. In today's video, we're going over 10 things you should never say to your child. I'll tell you right now, you are probably guilty of at least one of these. But if you are, don't worry. We all make these mistakes as parents. Number one, you make me mad. This can also be you're getting me upset or you are frustrating me. It's really any sentence that blames your child for your emotions. You can say the exact same thing to two different people or put two people in the exact same situation they can react completely differently to what somebody says or the situation that they're in. This has to do with our background, our experiences with that situation, or the information about the situation that we have. There's so many different variables. So two different people can react differently to the same situation. The point I'm making is that our emotions are a choice, and we often blame our children for our emotions and how we're feeling. Bottom line, your child is not responsible for your feelings. We have to be mindful about what we say to our children and how we make them responsible for how we're feeling and our emotions without even knowing it. Instead of saying, you make me mad, instead you could say, you know, I need to manage my emotions better. Imagine taking responsibility for how you are feeling. It doesn't matter what your child is doing or how they are acting. You have the choice of how you want to respond. So we have to take responsibility for our own feelings and not blame our children. Number two, what is wrong with you? Now, this doesn't mean what's wrong with you, as if you are concerned about their well-being. This is what's wrong with you. You can see that the tone and how you say it has a different meaning towards the child. Your child trusts you, values your opinion, looks up to you. So when you say, what's wrong with you? The child then internalizes it and is thinking, uh-oh, something is wrong with me. What's going on? The child potentially then can believe that something really is wrong with them, and this can have long-term negative effects on the child. This certainly wasn't your intention, but the words can be damaging if you're not careful. Another way to say this might be, what made you decide to do that? Or what were you thinking when you did that? In most cases, the child wasn't thinking when they did that. 
And so asking these questions are probably pointless, but we do it as parents anyways, because we want to have a reason or want to understand why they did something. But just be careful of the words that you use. You don't want your child to think that something is wrong. Like I said, they will internalize it and this could have a long-term effect on the child. Number three, why can't you be like your sibling? If you have a brother or sister yourself, you know that being compared to your sibling is one of the worst things that your parents can do. Feeling compared to a sibling that you might already feel is favored by your parents, that can be devastating. In addition to the child internalizing the words and not feeling good enough because of the comparison, you also risk those two children not getting along. That sibling rivalry is only further pushed by being compared to the other sibling. The child may already resent their perfect sibling, and when a parent reinforces what they think, that can be troublesome. Nobody likes to be compared, especially with your own family. Comparing your child to anyone is a bad idea, but comparing to a sibling well, that's even worse. Just remember that every child is unique. So love the child you have, not the one you want. Number four, anything negative about their mom. Whether she's your wife, your ex, or just known to them as mom, you do not say anything negative about their mom. There is no benefit to bad-mouthing her. Whether she's your wife and she did something you don't like, or she's an ex who you feel is a horrible person, it doesn't matter. You do not talk negatively about their mom in front of them. If you don't have anything nice to say, do not say anything at all. Nothing mean. Not even having her be the brunt of your jokes. I understand sarcasm can be fun and some family dynamics are, you know, one in which you poke fun at each other. But sometimes it's hard to find that line and you don't want to cross that line, especially as it relates to their mom. So you're better off just avoiding it. If your child's mom is your ex, then yeah, sure. Sometimes this can be hard to do, but don't talk negatively. You don't want to influence the opinion or the relationship that they have with their mom in any negative way. You wouldn't want this done unto you, so avoid doing it to them. Give your child the freedom to have their own opinion and to establish their own relationship. Number five, stop crying. This is usually said when we feel that our child is overly emotional. You know, the child breaks down, has a tantrum, or just doesn't seem like they can get it together. Which makes sense, because most children don't know how to get it together. In fact, most adults don't know how to get it together. What we are often trying to do in that moment is to help our child calm down. We want them to be resilient and self-confident and strong. But yet, they may not have the tools to be able to handle that kind of situation and to be able to calm themselves. So we think by saying, stop crying or don't cry, that we're somehow assisting in that process, but we're not. So it's our job to help them. And in my parenting program, I teach ways to communicate with your child and to help de-escalate these kinds of situations. A couple of ways to approach this, assuming the child isn't doing it just for attention, would be empathy. Look at it from your child's perspective. Oh, it looks like you're really upset. I'm, I'm so sorry that you are feeling this way. This helps them feel understood and heard. Give your child a hug. 
Sometimes a dad's hug can literally solve the world's problems. And finally, a way that can kind of help teach your child resilience and self-regulation is by saying something like, hey, crying doesn't seem to be solving the problem. What can we do to solve it? Well, you're not specifically telling them to stop crying. You're showing them that you are there to support them and help. You know, you might say, hey, let's see what we can do about it. It's the we part that is helpful. Again, we don't want to keep them from feeling emotion, but if there is a problem to solve, let's feel the emotion and then solve the problem. Now, of course, sometimes there is no problem to solve. There is just emotion, but that's for a different video. Number six, you are a bad child. Now you don't wanna label your child as bad. There's no such thing as a bad child. There's only bad behavior. It's important to be clear that it's the behavior that is bad. They are a good person who may have made a bad decision or is behaving badly. But taking it further, just using the word bad doesn't help the situation either. It doesn't help correct the behavior or teach anything as well. So you wanna be very specific with what is the behavior that you don't like. Then in addition to not liking the behavior, what is the correct behavior that we wanna see? You hit your sister, that's not okay. We do not hit. What would have been a better decision to make when she took your toy? What could we have done instead? We need to deal with the bad behavior by teaching them what is the good behavior? What's the correct way that we are looking for? Simply labeling them as bad or even the behavior is bad doesn't solve anything or teach them anything. Number seven, we can't afford that. This is a common thing that is said when you know a child goes for a toy or wants something and a parent will say, I'm sorry, you know, we can't afford that. Now, this is certainly dependent on a child's understanding of money and the value of things. Saying that you can't afford something is coming from a place of scarcity, and it can also create negative feelings. You may not have a lot of money, but that doesn't matter. We want to teach our children that we make decisions on how we spend our money. A better phrase would be, we choose not to spend our money on that. This then becomes an opportunity to teach your child about priorities. We make decisions on how to spend our money based on what is important to us. This is more empowering and showing that we have control over our money versus our money having control over us. Number eight, you are okay. Sort of like telling your child to stop crying, saying that you're okay is not really validating their feelings. Most of the time we'll say this because we're trying to help them through a difficult situation. And by saying, you're okay, we're thinking that that's going to help them calm down. Like when a child falls or gets hurt and we say, oh, you're okay. Think about this for yourself. You're upset, you're in a highly emotional situation and somebody close to you says, you're okay. You'll probably respond with, well, no, I'm not okay and you clearly feel then disconnected, you don't feel that that person understands you or that they realize what you're going through. It's really, really emotional for you. So imagine now your child is going through that kind of situation. They feel very emotional and you're, sell you're telling them, you're okay. It's the same thing. Instead, use some empathy and put yourself in the place of the child. Don't use your adult man brain Put yourself in the place of your child and look at it from their perspective. They're not okay. So by you saying, hey, you're okay, doesn't 
allow them to feel understood and heard. So saying something like, it seems like you're really upset. I'm so sorry that you're feeling this way. That's going to validate how they are feeling and actually get them on a quicker path to feeling okay. Number nine, because I said so. Nothing says I'm really important and you're not like saying because I said so. This can also be the phrases, I'm in charge here. You have to do what I say because I'm the parent and you're the child. Maybe you know some from your own childhood that you can put in the comment section. These phrases eliminate conversation. They disconnect you from the child and provide no opportunity for the child to learn. Now, you may say these phrases because you don't really have anything else to say and you don't really have an answer at the moment. But here's some other things that you could say instead. I explained this before, but I'm happy to talk about it again. If you want to talk later, we can. This leaves the communication open. The answer is no, and I'll explain why. And then you go on to explain it. At least the child receives a reason for the no. And this shows that you're willing to communicate with them. Here are your choices. And then you give them choice A and choice B and you're okay with either choice. You're giving them the opportunity to choose, which we've talked about in other videos, gives them the feeling of control. And instead of telling them what not to do, you're then showing them and telling them what they can do. Number 10, I am so proud of you. So this is the one that seems to get a lot of comments and there seems to be debate about it. But I did an entire video dedicated to saying, I am so proud of you. I'll link it up here somewhere. When you say, I am so proud of you, it's actually about you and not the child. Your child may have done something that you feel good about, but again, you're attaching your emotions to something the child does. We don't want our child to rely on external judgment. We want our child to feel good from within. So something that you can say instead is, you should be proud of yourself. The child then realizes that it was their behavior or their actions which caused them to get a good grade or do well in a performance or sports or whatever. This really had nothing to do with you. It was actions or behavior that they had and as a result, there was a positive outcome. It's much better and healthier for the child to have that internal motivation rather than needing the external judgment. So saying you should be proud of yourself allows them to feel good from inside. If you absolutely can't stand it and you completely disagree and you have to tell your child that you're proud of them, then you make it unconditional. It's not tied to their behavior or an outcome or something that they, something that they accomplish. You say you are proud of them no matter what. And so you would say, I'm proud of you regardless of what happens. I'm proud of you because you are my child. I recommend avoiding it altogether, but I know there are going to be people that just have to say it. So I'm preempting that discussion. Hopefully you've learned some valuable things on what not to say to your child. If you enjoyed this episode, we appreciate positive reviews and any kind of feedback that you may have. If you want to achieve your full potential as a father, or simply support our content, consider becoming a member of Dad University. Visit daduniversity.com and click on Become a Member. We'll see you next time.